0: It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at
1: 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to another edition of Upfront. It's a daily radio program here on WNRI, and... Um, Monday morning, Dick Bouchard hosts the program on Tuesday through Friday. I do. And um, we do different things on different days. Today being Friday, we have three segments to the program. One is our real estate segment with uh, Robert Martin, Bob Martin on our live line. Let's check in, make sure he's there. Are you there, Mr. Martin?
2: I am, Mr. Bouchard.
1: You know, um, Bob, I just had some cabbage soup. Um, with all kinds of nice uh, vegetables, and and I have some left over. I was wondering if I could, you know, put it in a container and bring it over to your office because I I think you're a big fan of cabbage soup, aren't you? No, I'm not. I must have mixed you up with somebody else. Sorry yes, about that. Now let me okay. think about that. I'll uh, I'll see who else. Uh, could uh, use my cabbage soup. But anyway, we'll get to your question in a moment, uh, Mr. Martin. The second segment of our program will be with uh, mayoral candidate John Brian, and the third segment of our program will be with um, open line conversation. So we've got a busy morning here on the Upfront program. Well, Bob, um, our real estate question of the morning is very timely because it looks like this person is ready to um, make a transaction on... Monday morning so time is of the essence to get an answer to them so here is the uh, question of the week quote unquote I am purchasing a house next Monday and just received my settlement costs from the lender and the attorney and it includes three different insurances homeowner's insurance mortgage insurance and owner's mortgage insurance how come three what are they and I'll even throw in, a, are they necessary? Are they required? Is this a money grab? What's going on? Well, it's not a money grab, but they are required. Mm-hmm.
2: The, whether it's a money grab or not, they are required. So the first the first homeowners insured, the first one homeowners, that really is, is something you'd want anyway because that protects his property. Uh, there's a fire. If someone slips on a banana peel, there's any damage to the property. That, that's the normal homeowners that I think just about everybody that owns a home has. Uh, when you have a mortgage, it is not an option. Um, the lender requires you to have it because they're taking that house as collateral on the money they're giving him, called a mortgage. And they want to make sure that if there's any was damage to that for- property, that it is insured. So, and what happens is the lender is... Uh, they call it a lost payee clause. The lender is named on that gentleman's insurance policy. And if he ever has a claim, the check will be issued to the lender and him. So, in fact, if, if they get estimates and let's say there's $10,000 worth of damage, the lender will will administer that. They will allow him to spend the money and rebuild a house. But if, let's say it's a barn in the backyard and he said, you know, why don't I want really care about the barn." What they will undoubtedly do is say, well, if you're not going to rebuild a bond, you've lessened our collateral, and therefore we're just going to apply that money to your mortgage. So the lender has a say in it in protecting their collateral. That's, you know, that's something he'd want to have even if the mortgage was paid off. The other two items really, one protects him and one protects um, the lender. So what happens is when you purchase a property, um, a, a title rundown, you hire an attorney. The lender agrees to that attorney. They call it their, they're, um, they, they're an approved attorney representing the lender to sign all of the documents. They also do title. You can choose someone else to do title in Rhode Island. Most of the time it's less expensive to all put it in one spot. So what they do is they do a title rundown to make sure that the buyer is getting the property free and clear of any liens. That's why they make sure that the sue is paid on it. The sewer's paid. The water's paid. There's no mortgages on the property. There's no second mortgage on the property. And and if there are, then the money that the buyer is getting or the seller is receiving, that money is used to pay off all of those liens. The seller never sees the money. The attorney doesn't. So what the lender is saying, oh, this is all well and good, and we trust you, Mr. Attorney. However, in the event that you or your title examiner mess up, um, or you retire, or you pass away, or ten years later something occurs. Who do we have to go back and um, and check if you've made an error? In fact, we say we go to foreclose the property, or the homeowner goes to sell it. So what they say is we want to insure your work, and that's what onus, uh, That's where a mortgagee's title policy comes in. They charge the the buyer for it, but it reinsures the attorney's work. So that if you miss the mortgage, um, they have recourse back to not only the attorney, but they can go back to the lender, uh, excuse me, the title company, uh, the the, uh, insurance company. So there's Chicago Title, there's Lawyer's Title, there's a number of them. Um, So that is to cover the bank. Now, the owner's title policy is optional, although most attorneys really don't discuss it with the buyer because it's a buyer should always get it. It's a one-time premium. Um, and what it does is it protects the buyer's right to the property in the same way that the mortgagee, the lender is covered. If the owner chooses not to purchase that, and let's say that there is a title issue down the road, um, the lender will get paid, but then that buyer is going to have to hire their own legal counsel and try to clear the title if somebody missed something or go back on the attorney. Who knows if they're still in business or around. So it's the other side. So all three are, I would say, necessary. One is optional, which would be the owner's title policy. But you really have to be a fool not to do it. If you're borrowing 300000 and, you know, you're looking at three four hundred bucks, on your, your settlement cost, pay it, it guarantees your right to the property forever. It ensures the attorney's work and it gives you a further recourse if there ever is a title policy. And and to be honest with you, I don't think we've got time to get we've used it, I've used it twice in my life. One for clients and one on, on properties that we owned where the attorney failed to pay off the mortgage. Um, he got disbarred. <laughs> he was already in jail. And with that policy, we closed on time. Had I not had it, we'd have been up the creek. So, yes, the, the three are necessary. It's part of his closing cost, and that's why they're declaring it.
1: All right. Uh, so, um, in many cases, three is uh, desirable. Then, huh? Yes, absolutely. All right. Thank you, Mr. Martin. Always a pleasure chatting with you, and uh, we'll do this um, again next Friday if I... Yeah, we will
3: talk to you
2: next week when I'm a week older.
1: Okay. No cabbage soup for you, though, huh?
2: No cabbage soup, Rod. I'll
1: see if I can uh, pass it on to Mr. Brian. He's sitting here in the studio. Thank you. Ah, yes. Yeah, bye-bye. Have a good week, Rod. I will. All right. Well, that was Bob Martin from Crossroads Real Estate Group on Park Avenue, and uh, I was just trying to be a nice guy with him. And when we come back from our commercial break, I'll try to be a nice guy with John Breen. Uh, I've got a little leftover homemade cabbage soup, which has some nice carrots in it and celery. And uh, it's absolutely delightful. And I'll see if um, Mr. Breen uh, is into that. Uh, I know he's into his campaign, but... I don't know if he's into cabbage soup. We'll be back in a moment. The Roast House is open seven days a week, and our hours are 1130 a.m. to 9 p.m. And we're featuring outside dining and inside dining, and, of course, takeout. To make a reservation to dine or to place an order at the Roast House, call 508-883-7700. And check our menu on the Internet for theroasthouse.com. Thank you for your support during this period of transition. The Roast House, Farm Street, Blackstone. We welcome back old and new customers for inside. And outside dining. Oh, I want to mention that the roast house will be open at 11:30. And today, is a nice day to do an outside luncheon. But if uh, it's a little bit uh, too warm or humid for you, you can um, you can go inside the roast house on Farm Street in Blackstone, Massachusetts. It's it's a good place for food. I can tell you that. Do you know who Vern Rainville is? Vern Rainville is a guy who can, um, who can save you money. Actually, he can get you money that insurance companies didn't want to give you. Now, it's nice you buy an insurance policy, and if something happens, you collect. But not all the time does the adjuster for the insurance company give you the full value of the, uh, of the shall we say, damage claim. And Vern Rainville is the guy that can uh, get the most out of your policy. You've paid the policy. You have the insurance. Vern can help.
4: Well, here's a question for you from Vern Rainville. Do you have frozen pipes or ice dams causing some damage to your home last winter? Well, this is probably covered by insurance. And did you know that you have two years to file a claim? Call Vern Rainville, the local adjuster that represents you. Not the insurance company. Vern is a licensed public adjuster by the state of Rhode Island and will work for you to initiate a claim. You can call Vern Rainville today at 484-384-95 for a free, no obligation, in-home consultation. All
1: calls are returned in less than 24 hours. Champs Liquors for Keyway, 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Still on sale, Tisdale Wines from California. In six varieties, including a Pinot Grigio, Merlot, Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and a Moscato. And yes, it's still two bottles for $10. Share in life's endless possibilities with Tisdale Vinions of California. Quality wine. And we continue the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light, 30-pack, $25.50 plus tax. Champs Liquors for Keyway, Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Champs Liquors now offers in-store shopping. Come on in and browse around. You're welcome. Social distancing observed at Champs Liquors. And remember, if you have a question, call us at 765-1800 and we'll cheerfully answer any question you have about beer, wine, and liquors. Champs Liquors for Keyway, Woonsocket. And we'll have our uh, chat with uh, John Brien, mayoral candidate, in just a moment. There's a church nearby where members are kind and friendly. May we invite you to attend services at the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Services are now available on Facebook or Skype on the Internet. Call 658-2748 for information on seeing us online. It's the church where you can hear the gospel, believe in Christ, repent, confess, and be baptized. Join us this week for our prayer and Bible study, Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Sunday services at 1 p.m. Our sermons are are understandable to grow you in faith and available online again we are the cumberland church of the lord jesus christ inviting you on your journey of salvation with services now available on facebook and skype services conducted by pastor marcus warren and remember services is sunday at 1 p.m
0: you're listening to wnri's Upfront, a radio internet talk show
1: now let's get back to the panel Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Upfront program on this uh, Friday morning. And on Fridays, uh, from now till uh, November, we have a regular feature on the program, a regular guest, and that is um, Council Vice President John Brien, who is running for mayor. So I'm going to give the disclaimer. The uh, following time coming up has been purchased by the Brien for Mayor campaign, and uh, John Brian is the candidate, and he's in studio with us right now. Hello, John,
3: and how are you doing today? Hello, Roger. Good morning, and uh, good morning to all the listeners. Thanks for being here this morning.
1: So what has changed uh, from my point of view as a Woonsocket uh, resident from uh, the last time that we spoke, which uh, was um, last Friday? One thing uh, that has changed is um, signs. Uh, across the city that say "Brian for mayor. I'll begin my my question to you on that, uh, John, by saying that I was um, on your website and I was watching a video that you did the day that you started handing out the signs. So tell me about uh, the sign campaign because signs don't elect somebody, but signs do tell me that if um, there's enough of them around the city, there's a lot of support. So your your take on all this?
3: Well, thank you uh, for asking about that, Roger. Yeah, so we had uh, a very successful sign event at my headquarters, and we did that, I believe that was uh, August 8th that we had that event. And the support that came out that morning... Um, and, and that afternoon rather was, was really impressive and, and, and we decided to shoot a video while we were having that event and we the, we entitled the video Signs of Change and you know I've done a number of videos while we've been doing this campaign and this one was really the, the best received video yet I, I don't even know what these numbers mean Roger because I think it's good on Facebook but I'm not sure but we had uh of this video alone, there was uh, seven point three thousand views. So I think that's good as far as uh, a a local video for a campaign like this. And people have reached out to me in, in various ways and said that they love the video and they they love the fact that it's it, it's basically kind of bringing the campaign to the people of the city and and saying, look, this is this is your way to to be a part of this because that's really what this this is all about. This is about coming together and and running a campaign that everybody feels that they can be a part of. And uh, the the response has been truly overwhelming to the point where I'm having a difficult time keeping up with all the requests. And And I think that's because people feel motivated by this uh, campaign they feel motivated by the concepts that i'm running on leadership vision and integrity and i think that they feel like it's it's time and it's time for someone to take those to city hall and really kind of change the direction of how the city uh, is 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 being run and people like the fact that i often say to, because as you know Roger i'm going door to door and talking to so many people and one of the things i say often is i intend to change the attitude of winsocket from outside the city because everybody has their preconceived notions and i think with the right leadership and the right vision and 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 having integrity and being honest and and open and transparent and truthful i think that those are very achievable goals but it all starts with a campaign like this one where it's really the people's campaign i'm trying to represent everybody and not just a small group or not just some some faction or or this is about people getting involved and engaged and they've been doing so and it's been really overwhelming it's been great and 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 i'm and i'm so thankful to everyone who has reached out you can reach out to me at uh, for uh, Mayor at gmail.com. And if you go to my website, you can sign up to get a lawn sign, to donate, to volunteer in any way you want, just to send me a message. Uh, but that has been happening daily, and it's been really great. And I can't thank people enough that this is... I say it many... I've, I've said it this many times. I'm just the guy that decided to run. So I'm just the figurehead in this campaign. But this I am doing this because I believe it's the right thing to do and because I'm doing this for all the people that feel like it's time to change the direction of how government works in the city of OneSOCKET and how they want to see their leaders. They don't want to see a leader uh, that that they feel intimidated by. They want to feel someone that they can talk to and they can approach and they can and 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 they can relate to. And someone said they say that, you know, they they can um, feel they're a part of something, and that's what this is about. So and it's been great.
1: We were talking off microphone while um, we were getting ready to go on the air about the enthusiasm of the campaign, and um, uh, you were out on a particular street here in Woonsocket uh, yesterday, walking from one end of the street to the other i calculated it was about a mile and a half long for that particular street but anyway um you picked up more sign um uh people that you talked to who are willing to put signs on on the site on the on you know on their property to promote your candidacy and uh this has fired you up uh, this is uh what do they say uh, light a fire under you uh maybe we just call it enthusiasm huh <laughs>
3: it continues to feed the fire in the belly Roger and, the, and, and, thank and you. and that's what it is and and to hear you know the constant words of of consolation and respect for my late father and and to and to know that there are so many people that are with me um, and supportive of me because they were friends of of Albert or some, many will say to me, I didn't know your dad, but I used to love listening to him. He was so smart. What a loss for the city. Others tell me stories. It's really incredible. And, and so I just want people to know that I'm, I'm going to them because I want to hear their ideas. I want to hear what they've got to say. I want them to feel as though they're a part of this uh, because I'm, I want this to be about the people of the city of Winsocket john breed is just the figurehead for those people and i want those people to feel represented and so each and every day when i go out there everyone's got a different story everyone's got a different uh, experience everyone's got a, a, a different idea they're no less or more valuable than the next one they're all part of the whole and i'm i'm fortunate some people will say to me well how do you feel like this like how, do, how do, you know isn't this tough isn't this hard to do with covid um and it's, it's not. you just got to do it responsibly. And that's what I've been doing. And as long as you just give enough distance. And some people, they just are so happy to have someone to talk to. And, and, and that's a really good feeling, too. So, yeah, every day I'm, 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 I'm meeting people that are saying, definitely I'm with you. Definitely put down a sign. And, and, it's, and, and I think it's just that people are beginning to really feel what's happening here. Uh, I know I do, and I'm really excited about it.
1: Next part of our interview has to do with something that you didn't uh, start. Uh, The Woonsocket Call did a story on it. The Valley Breeze did a story on it. And uh, so um, we're only bringing it up because it was out there uh, as um, front page stories in both publications. And that is um, taking the, uh, the animal shelter here in Woonsocket and naming it after after your dad but my editorial comment as i lead you into that i'm sure you're happy about that is i was looking at the picture of the building and um i would uh i would hope that um maybe uh, when you're elected mayor that we could upgrade that facility somehow because uh it's a great building to name in his memory Oh, but um, it looks like it could use some rehab. Do you agree with that?
3: Yeah, I, I think that it could definitely use some love. I think that there's it, it, it's been ignored. I think part of that is, is by design because there's a desire to move the shelter. Uh, there's been an expressed desire to move the shelter to another location. And therefore, if you ignore the shelter and you kind of try to cut off its resources or, or its personnel, then that only helps to make that argument. I think that the animal shelter is an incredibly p- important part of the city. I think that the animal control officers, uh, the, the, the personnel we have from the Woonsocket Police Department that are there are vital. They do great work. I just think that we need to spend more time and we need to uh, focus on the animal shelter a little bit more. And it. Having said that, uh, I was touched. I was honored. I, I I I feel blessed that my colleagues would unanimously join and 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 vote on that uh, to make it a seven zero vote to, to make it the Albuquerque Brand Memorial Animal Shelter. I, I think that, and I said it Monday night. I, I don't think. I don't think Al. If Al would have known that that would have, was going to happen, he would have been vociferous in his opposition to it because he would not have wanted that uh, because he didn't do it for that. And why I say that is I got a call from one of the doctors from the Northern Rhode Island Animal Hospital, and they called me to say how happy they were because the amount of time... And money and energy that Albert spent there to bring in animals, just on his own. That he didn't do it for any other reason, but out of kindness. And so they thought it it was so fitting at the animal hospital. And uh, I'm really touched, and I think it's a I think it's a a great tribute to someone who was a lot of things, but animal lover was certainly one of the things uh, that. That he was, and it's it's just a great thing. So the name, will, if if it relocates, Roger, it's in the legislation. The name would travel uh, with the animal shelter, and I think that's a great thing, and and it's a great honor. You know, some people might think, hey, the animal shelter named after someone is not a big deal, uh, but for someone like my dad who spent a lifetime taking care of of animals in distress, that uh, that would that's a real honor
1: only a couple of minutes left here, but I wanted to ask you about um, what people talk to you about. Um, so during your your reign uh, no rain term, that would be a better term. Uh, for um, city council, you talked about um, odors in, in the city, and um, you talked about solar arrays and so forth. And uh, those are projects that John Breen uh, took on, among others. Now, you're walking the streets, knocking on a door. Are people talking about defunding the police department? Are people talking about economic development? Are they, are they talking about their taxes? Um, or are they just glad to see somebody knock on their door?
3: I think all of the above, really. I, I think that everybody is, everyone is different and everyone's got a different uh, idea and a different thought that they want to bring forward. Some people... And, you know, everybody does it differently. So some people will open up their door and come outside. Some people will talk to the screen. Some people will say, come on in. Some people will, you know, they'll, they'll come out and they'll put a mask on. And I put my mask on. So it's always, I always have my mask at the ready to, to, to talk to someone. And, but I always start with that distance. But then you get into that conversation and they all are different. But one thing, there's a common thread here, Roger, and, and that is... The desire for a change and a desire for true leadership and to have a city hall that is open, to have a city hall that's transparent. And I think that that is and and they also notice that they need a leader who will work collaboratively with the other elected officials. And that has been said to me. Multiple, multiple, multiple times. So everyone has a different thing, but there is a common thread, and that is a desire to kind of reclaim their government and make it feel like it's 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 something of theirs. And and I think that that's incredibly important. And I think that we kind of talked about that. Um, and I bet you're going to ask me about this. I'm I'm no soothsayer, but I'll I, about opening City Hall for City Council meetings. I, I and and people. something I wanted to bring up here this morning because I want to let people know that are listening that I 100% was grateful for the council president, Dan Gendron's comments on Monday. I think absolutely we've got to have city hall open for city council meetings. I think we need to have city hall open in general. I think right now what you've got is you've got treasury open so people can go and pay their bills and... Clearly, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Somewhat because uh, title examiners weren't being allowed into uh, the clerk's office in the vault. Now you can have two a day, and so that that's that's better than none. But I, I think that as, as we as we look at the numbers and and we look at other cities and towns, that I think it's incumbent upon the mayor to reopen City Hall to the people of the city so that they can do their business wherever in public works in uh, the city clerk's office we can have our meetings people are losing touch with their government and maybe that's by design you know maybe that's the idea that you you lock people out of city hall and and you keep them in the dark well that's that's not the way that's not the way that that, that you run a government and and people have not been able you know not everybody is computer savvy so not everybody wants to watch a meeting on a on a computer or can get into zoom or knows how or or has youtube or knows how to do it for some it's it's second nature for others it's not and and many people have um, not seen a city council meeting in months and they want to and they want to see it on cable they want to see us in our chamber the city council chamber in harris hall uh, and i'm glad that uh, the council is is resolute and having its meetings back in city hall i, I think it's, it's in, in the, I know in the newspaper um, it was said by the current mayor that that you know it 's up to the fire chief well city hall's been closed since March, and I think that there 's been enough time to come up with a plan to have a meeting in city Hall with a, a small number of people when the doors are closed and i and I think it 's time, and I think anything less than full transparency and full openness of City Hall, which belongs to the people of this city, um, really is, is, is it's, it's become a problem. And I think that's something that's got to come to an end, and, and I'm definitely uh, determined to keep working for that.
1: We're out of time, but you have 15 seconds. Uh, so you go door to door, talk to people. Some people might not be home or something... You have a campaign headquarters downtown. Can, actually, can somebody actually drive downtown and walk in sometime? Like do you have like office hours and Talk to John Brien, just like you talk to them when you knock on the door.
3: Yeah, well, you know, this is the summertime, Roger, so we, we, have, we don't have office hours yet. If you contact me, I can meet you there anytime. Mm-hmm. But as we get past, as we get past uh, August and we get into September, October, post-Labor Day, yeah. we'll have regular office hours. I'll be there uh, at certain times to, to greet people Thanks. so that they can come down and Beautiful. talk to me. So, I mean, it'll be as we get closer and closer, there'll be more and more opportunity to come down to the headquarters. But either way, I'll be I'll be knocking on your door and and I do leave a a, a doorknob hanger that says, here's my phone number. Call me. I can come back or we can do whatever you're comfortable with.
1: Thank you, John Breen. We'll look forward to visiting with you next Friday at this time. Thank you,
3: Roger. Uh, Thank you, everyone. And also, uh, I definitely do not want. Any of your cabbage soup? You don't want any cabbage? No, I. It's fra- really fresh. No, you know? no, I. I. I don't know why you eat the things you do in the early morning. Mm-hmm. I, I. I'm a, I'm a breakfast foods kind of guy.
1: This is a great breakfast food. That is not a. You great ought to breakfast try it food. out. No, no. Thank no, no, you. No, he's walking out of the studio. Everybody, bye, everyone. He doesn't want any of my cabbage soup. Maybe I can uh, make it for the, um, for the people who uh, operate Patriots Diner. Uh, They opened at 8 o'clock. I do not think they have cabbage soup on there on their um, menu, but I, I I think they should. Patriot's Diner is open for indoor dining and outdoor dining seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. Take out orders, too, by calling 765-6900. We offer delicious home-cooked breakfasts from muffins to platters or our famous burgers or specialties for lunch or dinner, all in a comfortable, relaxing atmosphere. Patriot's Diner for delicious home-style meals. It's Patriot's Diner, 65 Founders Drive. The coronavirus is
4: still with us and the dedicated workers in hospitals, screening sites, nursing homes, and all public health services continue their efforts to keep us safe and secure until conditions change for the better. Navigant Credit Union salutes our frontline professionals for their dedication to us. Members NCUA.
1: Well, it all started with ice cream at uh, Chuckie's Ice Cream in Cumberland. And, uh, boy, they've sold a lot of that, um, that ice cream through the summertime. Chuck Morrow, the uh, owner, said, um, you know, a lot of people are coming and they're asking for chowder and clam cakes. And so, uh, about um, five weeks ago, Chuckie's introduced chowder and clam cakes. And it was an instant sensation. Incidentally, the the chowder is is white chowder. And so then after chowder and clam cakes and ice cream, people said, how about fish and chips? And so starting today, Friday, at Chucky's, that's the uh, former Over the Rainbow. And what was the uh, name of Chucky's? um. Remember when um, when it was a restaurant, Josephs. Josephs. Yeah, right. Oh, I did a lot of a yeah. lot of dinner shows there, boy. That's why I figured you'd know the answer. Anyway, fish and chips starting uh, today, and um, and that'll be uh, from noon until eight o'clock tonight. And of course, um, the uh, chowder and clam cakes. And now, um, Chuck has told me we've got starting today uh, burgers, uh, French fries. We've got hot dogs. And chicken tenders, along with chowder and clam cakes, and along with fish and chips, and of course our great, um, our great Hershey's ice cream. How can you go wrong? It's Chucky's ice cream, and I guess we're going to rename the place Chucky's ice cream and more, <laughs> is a good way of describing it. Right there in Cumberland, Rhode Island, and I hope you'll um, you'll check them out real soon. All right? Thank you very much. It was a pleasure doing a commercial for them. All right, um, the next thing we want to mention is um, the Toll Booth, and then we'll get to our, uh, our segment. The Toll Booth is open today, and as I mentioned in an earlier commercial for them, um, they are a unique gift shop. And as they're almost like, um, um, they used to be like, You know, five or six in the area. But the toll booth has one out, that's because they've got a great assortment of merchandise, reasonable prices, and, of course, the place is uh, (laughs) well-managed. Treasures for the home from the heart can
4: be found at the Tollbooth 129 Main Street in Blackstone. Their quaint country gift shop has everything you need for your home decorating needs, including garden flags, prints and signs, birdhouses, flowers and berries, candles, and so much more. Be sure to check out their handmade items by local artisans. The Tollbooth also carries Daniel's Farmstead Honey, Naked Bee Hand Sanitizer, and locally handmade face masks. They are your one-stop gift shop with new items arriving daily open tuesday 11 to 4 wednesday through friday 10 to 5 saturdays 10 to 4 the toll booth 129 main street blackstone 508 876 8900 and be sure to follow them on facebook
0: you're listening to wnri's up front a radio internet talk show now let's get back to the panel
1: hello welcome back to the upfront program uh, thank you john brian thank you bob martin the real estate guy for uh doing the earlier segments jeff gamash has joined us thank you for joining us jeff good morning i have a housekeeping matter to uh, take care of uh, this involves me because i'm the one that uh probably messed this up so i have to take responsibility for it so earlier in the morning Uh, In trying to uh, do a good job on the news, I ran a story about Paul Luba. And he is, uh, it's a complicated story. Maybe uh, that's probably why I messed it up. Uh, Yeah, maybe that's it. Uh, Too complicated for Roger. Paul Luba is a financial guy. And he's been um, not hanging around City Hall because he's gotten paid. But he does get paid from somebody. And um, and I think that's what the controversy is all about. So I reported in the news earlier this morning that Luber is um, is under discussion by uh, one member of the council, including um, John Ward and, and also Jim Kanoya. They, they, they're they concerned who pays him. Does the state pay him? Does the city pay him? Who uh, is the funding source for it? So I played a little bit of a soundbite with John Ward And then I played a little bit of a soundbite with the mayor later, and I said that in the end, Mr. Luber is not an expense of the city of Woonsocket. So if you're a taxpayer of Woonsocket, don't worry about it. John Ward writes to me that I'm uh, inaccurate about that. So here is what Mr. Ward said. Just heard your story about Paul Luber, the financial guy. You concluded with a statement that the mayor later said that Mr. Luber was being paid by the state. You didn't specifically say that she claimed that Luber is an employee of the state. She suggested that I speak to the state as such. Well, I did speak to the state and am forthcoming and forwarding their answer. And the answer is that Paul Luber is definitely not a state employee and that there is no arrangement for the state to pay all of his costs. So uh, the question then... uh, um, is out there. Um, he's not doing it for nothing. So somebody is paying him, and I think that's a story that's sort of left unfinished right now. Uh, but uh, certainly the way that I uh, presented it in the news was not exactly accurate. As a matter of fact, it was inaccurate. And uh, thank you, Mr. Ward, for clarifying it. And um, and hopefully uh, we'll find out who pays Paul Luba. And who does he work for? What is he going to put on his income tax return (laughs) when he files it in 221 for uh, 2020? Was he a state employee or a Woonsocket employee? That is the question. And that is my clarification. That's my uh, housekeeping duty for now. Let me see if I have another housekeeping duty to um, take care of. No, I I think I caught up. you have something you'd like to uh, share with our audience and... Or, or should we take a call um well as always
4: the uh, the callers uh would, would come in front of uh some variety of topics uh, i did receive a few calls over the past 40 minutes so i know folks are waiting for the lines to open and we've only got approximately 14 minutes or so so uh i do have a couple of things just to keep an eye on throughout the weekend meanwhile let's go to the phone lines Raj. all right oh yeah i
1: need these don't i
4: Yes. these, by the way, folks. I mean, uh, cans. That's uh, industry talk for headphones,
1: right? Or earphones, or earplugs. Uh, all right, we'll
4: go to the phone lines. Good morning, caller. Thanks for your time. You're on the Upfront program. What's on your mind?
5: Hi, I, I didn't watch the Democratic convention, you know, because I didn't was was not interested in what they have to say. But I put um, that I put Biden on last night. I fell asleep. He must have uh, you must have kept my interest. <laughs> And um, all I can say is he wants to have a better America, America, you know, with no plans, you know. He had eight years. They had eight years to make a better America, and they must it. And if and if, if the Democrats want everything, you know that expression, coming to a city near you for there is You can have violence coming to a city near you. <laughs> and that's all I got to say.
4: So uh, Biden put you to sleep. Is that yeah, what you're <laughs> telling You weren't too impressed with Mr. Biden.
1: I...
5: No, no. But I hear... I, and, and I heard about it, that he survived his um, thing. They're all happy that he survived it, you know? Because they were all afraid they was gonna, he was going to muff it.
4: Oh, say something <laughs> wrong during his speech?
5: Yeah, yeah.
4: Well, he's done yeah. it before.
5: But he survived, you know? But But anyway, and then, you know what? I don't watch the the democrats and all that and what do they what do they do in the news they keep showing me all the highlights i didn't want to see the highlights i didn't watch it because i didn't want to see it it gets me mad i didn't watch it because
4: i can't stay up that late anymore
5: (laughs) (laughs) well i guess i couldn't either because i fell asleep on them
4: (laughs) i wake up from my nap only to go to bed
5: (laughs) well okay that's all i got to say
1: well we appreciate your phone call
5: okay
1: bye-bye all right, thank you, caller. Do you have a comment on the uh, convention? Uh, are you uh, inspired by it, or, uh, or does it make you uh, want to take some no doves? Right. I, I flipped it on a few moments.
4: I saw President Clinton, and uh, my goodness, is, is, does he uh, visually appear to be uh, aged? I mean, I know he's up there in age, but mm-hmm. uh, if you when you see Bill uh, Clinton, President Clinton, over time. Uh, but it seems like the age accelerant has really kicked in there. Uh, and The only thing I could think well, of—you call it age accelerant—the age accelerant really. <laughs> boy, right. he, he got—he uh, looks frail. Uh-huh. Uh, but the only thing I could think of when I'm—I couldn't even hear the words President Clinton was uh, speaking. And uh, even as a Republican, I took the opportunity years ago to go shake his hand and meet a president. It was very exciting for me to meet Bill Clinton because, he, after all, he was a sitting president. Um, but all I could think of was this Jeffrey Epstein story looking at him. So I never heard the words coming out of his mouth because all I could think of was the fact that this guy is continually denying ever being at the island of Jeffrey Epstein and what was going on with underage sex. Even though there's plenty of photos of him on the island, he, he'd never been there, Roger. He flew at him over 30 times. He'd never been there. Um, I did not catch uh, Vice President Biden. I will uh, catch them on YouTube, and it's basically a premise, uh, Rogers. I just can't stay up that late. The the few speeches I did caught, I would have to say the probably the best one was that I saw was Michelle Obama's presentation. Um, but I didn't see much of the Democrat convention. A few moments of uh, was it Kamala Harris, and uh, and uh, the, the interesting thing there is, I got the impression that she didn't know her her own speech. Uh, they have those two invisible, what do they call those? Teleprompters. Video, teleprompters, thank you, uh, to the left and to the right. And when you were watching President Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Michelle Obama, uh, Vice President Biden, uh, they're all looking straight into the camera where Ms. Harris was working the left and right off of her teleprompters like there's a live audience. To me, it gave a very awkward appearance in knowing that there's nobody there and you're talking to the folks at home. But uh, I did not get to see as much as I want, but thankfully, we are in the generation of YouTube, and it's all there on demand to, to get caught up with it. I don't know if you got to see any of the uh, DNC.
1: No, um, I certainly had the availability to do it, but um, we choose to uh, watch um, a Netflix series we're doing uh, right now, something called Person of Interest, and it's a five-season Series with twenty episodes per season. It's oh, a long run. We're in season two. So anyway, point is that um, uh, so the point is that we probably enjoy watching the series than um, watching either the Republican or the Democrat conventions. Just not of interest to me. Maybe it's because we're you know I'm in the radio business and every day I'm hearing about Democrats and Republicans and Biden and Trump and. I'm not quite sure that um, anything uh, at the convention would be of interest to me.
4: I, I tend, I, I always tend to target a person I want to hear speak rather than just blanket watch the convention. Um, years ago, I always used to tune in to hear Reverend Jackson speak. Uh, now I tune in to hear Doug Christie speak. <laughs> I like Governor Christie. Um, the uh, the other. Uh, uh, Presentation uh, The RNC, I think, flares up next week. So we'll see what they have to offer. I also am in the middle of a binge-watch series. I just uh, discovered a Blacklist on Netflix. But, uh, Roger, I'm only into Season 1, Episode 7.
1: Yeah, that's a complicated <laughs> show. And it's going to get more complicated as it goes along. You'll either... Be uh, glued to it, or you're going to get frustrated by uh, trying to follow the storyline. Just a few things to keep
4: an eye on, folks, as you move through your weekend. Uh, keep an eye for the Rhode Island application. And will there be an additional $300 per person boost? It was filed uh, yesterday officially on behalf of Rhode Islanders. Uh, Wednesday at the press conference, uh, she had stated they had not applied for any federal government. Uh, Access of 300 a person for unemployment benefits. It was filed yesterday by the end of the day. So there's something to keep an, an ear on as we move throughout today and uh, in through the weekend to see if that does get approved. If that extra money does get approved, by the way, it'll be a retroactive improvement going back to August 1st and will be available for at least three weeks until FEMA funding does run out. So there's something to keep an eye on. The other thing uh, in the news to keep an eye on is a bill that's soon to be filed uh, with the General Assembly uh, to help uh, stop foreclosures or evictions here in Rhode Island. It is being sponsored by Senator Conley Jr. and Rep. Diaz. And it calls for the creation of a mediation diversion program within the district court to put a halt temporarily to eviction processes that may be tied to the COVID.
1: How about lunch today at Savini's Pomodoro? Yes, you see, on Fridays, we open at lunch uh, lunchtime. We have outdoor dining at the nice picnic tables and those beautiful umbrellas we have out there or inside dining. Savini's Pomodoro Restaurant is open for inside and outside dining, too. And you can enjoy our famous and very popular Sicilian-style pizza, clam cakes and chowder, fish and chips, fried clam sandwiches, and our full Italian specialties, too. And you can always order takeout, taking reservations for indoor and outdoor service at 762-5114. Savini's Pomodoro, Rathbun Street, Woonsocket, open Tuesday through Sunday. And yes, we always have family-style chicken. And ciao! Our new menu has been launched at uh, Savini's Pomodoro. We've got everything: pasta, steaks, seafood, sandwiches, and family-style chicken too. Eleven ninety-nine Sundays it's on special at nine ninety-nine. And uh, from the um, from the what we call appetizer menu at Savini's Pomodoro, yes, we do have Rhode Island's favorite. It's right at the top: calamari. Calamari is available right there. At Savini's Pomodoro. And today is a a great day to head over to Savini's Pomodoro for noontime. Uh, And they have a mean fish and chip plate, too. All your favorite food at Savini's Pomodoro.
0: You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel.
1: We are back to the Upfront program for this Friday morning. I'm Roger. Jeff is here. And on Fridays, uh, we will... um, Continue our format. But we do want to tell you that on Wednesday, uh, we have started to line up uh, the guests, uh, meet the candidates within the Upfront program. And the next candidate coming up is Garrett Manseri. Uh, The um, program is being arranged by... um, lorraine Corey, and she started making matter of fact she got them all scheduled yesterday <laughs> talk about taking care of it so for the next bunch of wednesdays um through the season we'll have um meet the candidates in the upfront program we'll go from uh, eight fifteen to uh, eight forty five, and um we'll chat with them and um it, we're basically we're going to let them um, tell their story why should they be elected it's not a Confrontational um, exchange. It's not a debate. It's not a forum. It's uh, just uh, spotlighting the candidates, and that'll start again on Wednesday. We have the first program on Tuesday with uh, Mr. Kithis and uh, his um, other three um, candidates running along with him. So that's on Wednesday. And the next program scheduled is Garrett Manseri. We have a whole schedule. Thank you, Lorraine, for setting them all up. That was quick. Nobody appreciates her more than I do. <laughs> um, I've got
4: to correct myself. I said Governor Doug Christie. <laughs> it's not his name. Not Doug. It's Chris Christie. Doug Christie was a mid-level NBA talent that played for the Lakers back in the 90s.
1: <laughs> so, I, uh, so when you mentioned uh, Mr. Christie, I... I, it went right over my head. Uh, yeah. So
4: I, I likely caught myself the sheepishly admitting it. Uh, Governor Chris Christie, I just like to hear the guy's uh, speeches, presentations. I hope he speaks at the RNC. I haven't seen the lineup yet, but um, but it's just a little uh, autocorrect there, if you will.
1: All right. During um, when you came into the studio, you mentioned that you were busy on the phone. Didn't hear any of the Brian mm-hmm. um, interview and. Um, and that's fine, but he did comment on one issue uh, going on in, in the uh, in the city of Woonsocket and that is uh, the issue uh, that you talked about a little bit on a little um, discussion we had within the Daybreak Southern New England program of doing the city council meetings in person at City Hall and how the coverage is handled in terms of whether it's streamed or whether it's on cable TV Mr. Brien, in his uh, Remarks wants to get back to um, live city council meetings, even though the public can't be there. The face-to-face meetings he thinks is more effective than um, doing it by Zoom. And I have to say, uh, I think Zoom is um, is like. um, I mean, it's okay if if you if you have to do it, but I, I. don't find it at all appealing.
4: Imagine Roger doesn't like this uh, new technology of no, <laughs> of, I do of, not. Uh, of web uh, web Dang. meetings. Right? right? What a surprise! Yeah. Uh, actually, it's not a surprise as as you can imagine, but it's it's what you call a necessary evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the only purpose is to, to keep municipalities going. There are some municipalities who would not be able to pay a bill or anything uh, if it wasn't for this uh, sort of meeting. Remember, things such as sidewalk dining was able to be discussed through Zoom and moved forward. So it served its purpose through the pandemic. Uh, the most important thing is to get the public comments, especially leading into the election, viable again. I hope they find a way to do that.
1: Hey, we're out of time on the Upfront program. We'll see you on Monday with Dick Bouchard.
0: This has been WNRI's Upfront. Presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Up front is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380 WNRI socket.